I've been pretty. It's been pretty rough. I've been pretty. Yeah. Pretty messed up. Yeah. Being sick's not fun. I no. Ha- I have got away with not really getting very sick in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling my wife I can remember like two other times where I was like actually actually sick, and that's since we've been married. It's been like five years. So yeah. So I'm, I'm not complaining, but um, I've been you know it's not good right now. So whatever. <laughs> But uh, I'm not working this week. I'm off for the holidays. Yeah, we're recording this leading into Christmas, basically. Which is fun. Happy holidays to everybody. Are you ready for the holidays? No. (laughs) I mean, I have all my... I I bought everything I need to buy. I need to wrap a few things, not a whole lot. Are you Uh, dreading going home? A little bit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a whole thing and i don't live like i don't live that close to home so like traveling is annoying and i don't know it should be fun though it's fine but uh i wanted to mention at the beginning of this episode actually because i'll have it up prior to the holidays so if you're traveling you can listen to it but i wanted to reiterate we do have a store so oh, wow, swag. It's, it's a Holiday little swag. It's a little too late for a, a gift in that regard, but you could start the new year with Whiff Punish swag. And uh the reason I'm bringing it up is because I was it's just the best, double the best stocking stuffer. Yeah, the late new year stocking stuffer or something. I I'm bringing it up because I was just double checking like the link and everything is still working. And um they added a couple other things that we can post which one of them is a mask which is hilarious and sad but uh (laughs) because you know news about omicron and whatever but um the one that i'm excited about and i'm gonna get one for myself is a hat they have hats now so you gotta get the hat and the mask and wear them at the same time and wear double whiff punished up that'll look really cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah i just wanted to mention that again there's a link in every episode and uh if if you're feeling I don't know, frosty or something. If you're feeling in the holiday mood. Are you in the holiday mood? Are you feeling frosty? I mean, I don't know. What did you do for the holidays this year? You mean in terms of like the season-specific things? Season-specific activities, holiday activities. Did you do any? I would say nothing really yet because... It's been like weirdly warm. So can't go snowboarding. And well, I guess I went to like a thing in Philly this weekend, which is like a holiday like craft thing, like right in Center City, which that's cool. I've been to that before. But other than that, not really. <laughs> like You didn't watch no Christmas movies? No. I don't really I mean, what counts? I watch a Christmas. I watch a Christmas. You want. I watch a Christmas story every year on Christmas Eve with my family because it's on twenty four seven. You know, I haven't seen anything else. No, I haven't really watched anything. I didn't watch the life whatever the what's the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime where they like repeat the same movie <laughs> template every year. I didn't watch no. that. <laughs> I saw a meme about that recently that was really funny. It's just like every movie cover of that 
thing, they all look exactly the same, and they're just riffs on the name, like a Christmas something. Like I love you a on Christmas. Christmas wish. Yeah, a Christmas wish. Stocking stuffer number two. <laughs> that one sounds like it was in the adult section. That does sound like an adult one. <laughs> it has to be one. <laughs> yeah. The sequel. Yeah, the sequel. Stuffing, stocking stuffer, too much stuffing or something. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I just wanted to mention that again. And for those that have supported us, thank you. And uh, I got a lot of games to talk about. You've been in the pocket, huh? Playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just like like last episode, just been hammering away at stuff when I get a chance. So, um. I don't know if you want to jump right into that. If you do, you want to list off what we're planning to talk about? Sure. What you What are you even playing? So I finished Psychonauts two. I finished Inscription and some other. Oh, I finished the Outer Wilds DLC, Echoes of the Eye, and then I checked out a couple other Game Pass games: The Rift Breaker, Sable, Halo Infinite. <laughs> Snow Runner, and I started Resident Evil Eight. Oh so, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I just started that last night, so not nice. a whole lot to talk about there. But yeah, um, I want to talk about Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. I played through a good bit of that. Uh, it takes two. I finished. I finished mm. the Pathless. Oh, I finished yeah. Death. I finished Deathloop. Um, we can talk Halo, and then I've played a good bit of The Ascent. Mm-hmm. And I've played another Monster Hunter game. Oh, yeah, right. I played a good bit now of Generations Ultimate, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on Switch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot. I'll... Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time with different things. Um, I think we should kick off with, like, Deathloop and Halo. <laughs> okay. Really. Um, so, yeah, because, you know, it's end of the year. Game of the Year awards just happened. There's nominations out. Trying to Big wrap games. up things from this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to finish Deathloop, um, and I did. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was really cool. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, tell me more. I, I think that that game on paper is cooler than it is in execution. Agreed. Is where I landed kind of with that game. Yep. Um, but the fact that they executed it, execute it at all is, cool in and of itself which makes the game kind of cool even though it's not as fun as it should be Mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah i mean i'm glad it exists yeah yeah and like it makes me think all these questions about like game design and like i wonder because sony handled a lot of the marketing for this game yeah because they were pushing it with ps5 so i wonder if if like they wanted it to be more um, accessible, which drove them to like lead you by the nose more, or if it was just such a mess that they needed that menu system to keep basically all the clues that you're 
gathering together. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I guess before I ask you a question, keep going. That's I don't know. Go ahead. Ask me a question. Do you think Let's it would Let's make this a two-way conversation. Do you well, yeah, I didn't know if you had more on that specific thing. Like, do you think it not leading you around by the nose would have made it better? Cuz I don't. So, so here's my experience with this game. Um, it started out, you know, you wake up on the beach. It starts out really good. Like, I'm like, this is really cool. I'm interested in what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're experiencing like the, the music and the art style and like the, the world for the first time. So everything's new. You're exploring, um, the whole relationship between Colt and Juliana is like, you know, you're, you don't know anything about it. So you're just you're taking everything as it comes Mm -hmm. and uh it it has a really strong opening i think like a really strong initial like what the heck is going on here um, you didn't think it was overwhelming well it it gets there yeah um yeah yeah it, it gets there but like i basically i really enjoyed that first part and then once the game like kind of like took the leash off and let me go, yeah. Um, you know it it tutorializes and tutorializes and tutorializes what you're supposed to do. Yeah, which I think uh, it needs to do. And so I kind of just listened, like mm-hmm. you know they they suggested like you should go here and do this mm-hmm. or maybe go there and do that, and I was like, okay, well there's two things I can do. Mm-hmm. I know based on what kind of game this is that. I could do anything that I wanted, but if they're pushing me towards this, these couple things, then like, that's fine. Yeah. So, you know, if you click on the thing in the menu and make it your objective marker, mm-hmm. when you drop into a level, you're basically loading into a level and clicking the switch and, and walking out of the level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I found out very quickly that like, as you change that objective marker around in that dossier to accomplish different tasks, that becomes like what the game is essentially no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like it's either go here, do this or go here, kill this person. Yeah. Um, so like I very quickly saw that that's what it was going to be, but I still thought it was cool because I was like, Oh, they made up this whole time loop like story thing and then just put it around this menu system and then it's kind of this like creative way that they can essentially just have you like pick a level, pick the things that you would go into that level with in terms of like what guns you bring and what yeah powers you use and then go into that level and play around. Do you know what I mean? Like I Yeah, I it was, definitely still has that open ended like here's where you need I, to be, but how you get there is still kind of up to you. Yeah. I was admiring the way that they built like the menu to handle that part of the game. Like I, I just thought it was a cool, I don't know. They, but like in, in actuality, you know, the game wants you to, to kill everybody in the same, in the same loop. So there's like, <clears throat> there's this, you have to accomplish this all like in a specific time. There's only one way to solve the puzzle, which is what makes it not good. Oh really? Because, you didn't like that that aspect of it? Well, no, because I would do it. I did it the first time 
to discover it. And I was like, that's cool. And then at the end of the game, I had to do the exact same thing that I did the first time again. Yeah. Just, just, so it was like really like all, all once, yeah. all the things that you accomplish in, in the entire game, you were just repeating those tasks once in the same day. And if you died, you would go back to the beginning of like the cycle the day. of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you would have like oh so it wouldn't start you back at the beginning of the whole day I guess because uh, you re you re loop when you when you die right so if I would get like to the afternoon and die in the middle of the part where I got to kill all of them in one day mm-hmm. would it re loop me back to the beginning of the day and I had to do the whole thing again yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah so like I don't know it just it didn't achieved the sandbox that that like i think it wanted to or it thought it did yeah and because of that i was essentially just like using the abilities they give you to draw enemies into a corridor and then shooting them until the level was clear and then accomplishing (laughs) the thing like (laughs) all the time i never thought about doing that (laughs) the ai was so bad yeah it was bad yeah it lets you do that and then, like, the whole mecha- uh, invasion mechanic is really cool. So, like, that, the second part of that game, after I had initially explored, I was like, this is really neat. The second part, before I had powers and Juliana was invading me, it was really tense because I was like, I need to get out of this yeah. level with every all my residuum and all my... Uh-huh. And so it, it had the second, like, half of that game had a nice, uh, like, jolt of adrenaline, too. Yeah. And so that was really good. It was like if the third, the final closing part of the game, like they could have still made you discover how to do it in one day. They should have just made that day be like a whole nother narrative thing where you yeah, didn't that's... repeat the same task. And then yeah, I would like, have been fine with it. Like some of the, yeah, I guess I never thought about it that way. Like you do have to do it once to then confirm that it's doable in that final and then run. and then you're like your menu yeah. system just saves that you did it that way yeah, and then it'll, it'll make it an objective for yeah i didn't the really final think, day essentially i didn't really think about that part actually of like having to repeat it because like obviously the game has to work that way to get to that point of wrapping it up like i that weirdly for something for me who like hates repeating things if they're not interesting every time like I didn't even really have a problem with that part that much. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I just... I cannot imagine that game working without a waypoint. Like, I just think it's way too obtuse to put some of that stuff together. And, like, you can... And you can turn that off and kind of just do a... Hey, don't give me any waypoints. Just, just like, give me... You still use the dossier and, like... It says it mentions things that you should do, and you could probably suss it out. But like, who has time for that? You know, and like that. This kind of leads into Outer Wilds for me. I won't spend a lot of time on that, but I, before I go into that, wrap up Death Loop. I don't know if you have much more to say. Well, nothing. Just that in like the third part of the game, I still enjoyed accomplishing all those things in one day. Like I liked the reward of solving the puzzle. Yeah. Like all in one go. 
and that's what made me so resolute on the decision at the end of the game. Uh, spoilers, I guess. Uh, sure. Might as well. Um, we'll never talk about it again. Uh, that's what made me so resolute uh, to to finish the game the way I did. Uh, just because I was like, well, we've been working the whole time to, uh, you know, to 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 break this loop. We're gonna, I'm gonna do it no matter what. Now, right. so right, I don't know. I, I kind of felt good about the ending, and then so that's why I would say I liked it. I'm I'm curious. So no, I want to play this. Well, I just talked around it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I said there's a decision. That's well, all. yeah, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm impressed with that game. I want to play more of their games if, if, uh, you absolutely should. Yeah. If you're saying their, their other ones are better then that's cool. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. I just think the world of dishonored is better. And I think the whole, the whole experience of prey is better. Like prey is you like alien. Yeah. Prey is awesome. So I bought a I bought a Arcane Studios like bundle on Steam and it came with like literally everything. Yeah. I have of I have Might and Magic or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I haven't played their older games. Arcs Fatalis yeah. and like it it was like an extra five dollars to get a whole thing, so I was like, eh, hey, whatever. Yeah. So So I'll get to those eventually, I think. Yeah. I wanna just because it's relevant with time loop type stuff. I, I played the Outer Wilds DLC. It's called Echoes of the Eye. And I have... I love Outer Wilds. I've said it many times. It was high on my game of the year list in 2019. And they released DLC for it this year, which was weird. It was weird that that game got DLC. But it is... It's neat. It's, it is really neat, and it adds some cool stuff to that universe it adds some really important information to that universe actually but towards the end of the base game i had a real problem with repeating stuff and waiting for a timer to hit a certain point so you could do a certain thing and accomplish what you needed to accomplish to ultimately finish it and the reason that got annoying is because that game is interesting be flying around the ship and experiencing the solar system and how all of that stuff works and operates and it's fascinating, but it's wonky and having to do that every time is frustrating because I've played now 30 hours of that game total and I still don't think I am competent at flying the ship, <laughs> which is a problem, I, I would say. But the DLC does some really cool stuff. It's a really cool new locale. But in terms of how Deathloop... Deathloop Out of Wilds. No, I know. In Deathloop, you would accomplish that thing, and then you have to repeat that thing so you can ultimately finish it, right? In Outer Wilds, that game does not lead you around. It is extremely open-ended. And you have to really do a lot of work to figure out what you need to do to ultimately finish it. I had to look things up in the base game. I had to look things up in the DLC because I just would not have figured some of it out. And that's frustrating. Like, I, I, thought, I thought the content of Echoes of the Eye was really awesome. But in terms of, like, making it happen, I reached my limit. 
with Outer Wilds as a thing, for sure. Like, I was getting very irritated with some stuff in that game. You don't think it's okay for a game to expect you to have to look stuff up? Oh, I don't have a problem with that. It was more, um, it was more the fact that I had to, I don't want to spoil anything for the DLC, really, because it is really cool. And if you haven't played Outer Wilds, you should play it, and you should definitely play it with the DLC. But there, the way that the DLC works is like a little different than the base game, and it kind of, it kind of locks you out of information unlike the base game because you don't use your ship much actually you don't use your ship at all in the dlc other than getting to a place and so because you're never in your ship you do not have access to the dossier like death loops is just in the menu that's exclusively in your ship in outer wilds and once you leave your ship you can't access it and so that was frustrating in Outer Wilds and why I looked stuff up because I couldn't remember things. Like yeah. I wasn't I wasn't going to remember stuff and so I was just like looking up hints and things on like what exactly did this say and where did I need to go? And like that one specifically has very specific timing just like the base game. But I had this very I had this experience with that game where I couldn't like manipulate the time because I hadn't played it on PC. I played it on Game Pass on console and I missed some of the stuff that I accomplished in the base game. So I was playing it on a fresh install without some of the stuff you learn in the base game and that made it hard and just having to redo some of that stuff made it worse. Like I I think it legitimately made it worse and I started looking things up to save time in on top of not knowing what to do. And I just think that sucks. And so like death loop now in hindsight, death loop 100% benefits off of that. Like it, you, you are there to experience the thing. Not really. You can explore it as much as you want and, and go blind as much as you want. But the fact that the base thing is leading you around is a really good idea. And, yeah. and and welcome. And it sucks that I feel that way about the DLC for Outer Wilds because it's been nothing but praised by, like, everybody, even personal friends. And I just, like, I was like, yeah, this was really cool, but I, it, I, was, I walked away a little pissed off. Not necessarily, like, my, my frustration outweighs my holy shit moments in that game, you know? And there are some really good holy shit moments in the DLC. So, yeah. So don't try to play the original game on... What would you do? Play it on Steam and then play this? I played it on I played it on Game Pass when it came out because it launched on Game Pass. And I happened to have it at the time. So I played it. So then you tried to play the, the Steam version of the DLC because you wanted to own the DLC. Yeah, and so that's I had where to got all funky. Yeah, so I had to buy the game. I mean, that was like a really minor thing. That that's a super minor thing on it, honestly. Like there in the base game, you get a way to skip time through the menu instead of having to be at a certain place. But it messed up your dossier. Uh, well, again, none of that really mattered for the DLC. The DLC is really its own exclusive thing, and when you complete the DLC and then complete the base game, it does change the ending a little bit. I just looked that up on YouTube because I had already, you know, finished it before. Um, 
but no, it messed up. It messed up the mechanics of being able to time skip for me by not having done the base game on this save. And that was frustrating. And I actually even forgot it existed because I was talking to Mike from work who, you know, who's been on some episodes. So that I, probably would have saved your playthrough a little bit. Maybe, maybe. I didn't have to wait around too much, but I did do some that, you know, thinking about it, it's like, man, I really wish I would have had that thing. That, yeah, you wouldn't have been as frustrated as you were. Yeah, it might, it might, it maybe would have, you know, pushed me over the, tip the scale into, oh, Echoes of the Eye is incredible and everybody should play yeah. it. So, yeah. I, I don't feel that way. I mean, yeah, I, I, feel, I do feel, I do feel Outer Wilds is worth trying, but like, if people bounce off that game, I 100% understand why. Because it's, it's really obtuse. <laughs> and they even added things to make it easier. Like, post-release they they made it a little bit better to understand what to do and where to go and stuff so so speaking of games that people bounce off of i'll, I'll jump off of that that'll yeah. be my transition okay um i wanted to start a save file on monster hunter generations ultimate on switch yeah uh because i've heard often that that game is the basically like the smash ultimate version of monster hunter where everything yeah yeah, everything that was in the previous games is in this one okay uh so the roster's like i think it's a hundred over a hundred monsters hundred large monsters wow there's like i'm up to probably 10 maps at this point in the story okay yeah that's a Um, lot of stuff already (laughs) Yeah, so it's beefy. It's beefy content-wise. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I started playing it, and uh, it doesn't have a lot of the quality of life right. things that From World the has or, yeah. that, or that Rise has even. And so it's, it's kind of frustrating at first, but I got to about 60 hours in the campaign. Wow, you and played I, a lot of it. <laughs> I've just yeah I've been playing for um playing for a while but um I just got to the end of low rank okay at 60 wow, hours holy can, shit can you believe that low <laughs> no, rank at I 60 can't. hours no I can't believe that oh man but I haven't done any multiplayer the the game is built <clears throat> a lot like um rises actually where they split multiplayer into the hub quests and single player is all the village quests Okay. And then, uh, so like all I've been doing is a single player village quests. Because okay. like the hub quests are scaled for four people. So if I go in there, the monster has four people HP. Sure. Yeah, sure. So I can do some of it. Um, like your weapons are good enough uh, to do it solo, but I'm just trying to see the monsters in the game. I'm not really like, that's, I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, 60 hours in. And I think that game is freaking phenomenal, dude. It is insane. Yeah. Uh, I think the original release was 3DS. Probably. And they ported to Switch. Yeah, probably. So the graphics style is, like, limited. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure they put, like, HD texture over, um, like, on this new version of it that's on the Switch. And... Th- there's just like some really cool detail 
in the game. And it's just Monster Hunter is my thing. Like, it, it really. <laughs> Imagine you could have been playing this your whole life. So, the difference with, like, the different thing that this game has, it has, um, between the other Monster uh, Hunter games, it's like, uh, different weapons have different selectable, uh, styles. Okay. And then, and then, so, I'm trying to explain how it works. It's like, there's a Valor style, there's an Alchemy style, there's like a Striker style, and there'll be different combos on each weapon depending on which style you pick. Mm -hmm. And then each style also gives you different things that you map to the directional buttons on your controller. Mm -hmm. So if you use Alchemy style, it's basically that's for like the healing uh, class. And so it'll like affect your crafting and your potency of your potions and medicines and all that stuff for okay. you to heal your your party with. Yeah. Um. If you choose striker style, then it gives you access to like special moves that uh fill up when you hit the monster, and then once the meter's full, you get to use it like it's a super. Oh. Okay. And so there's different, like you can play with, you know, different styles and different arts because those supers are called arts and there's like a whole bunch of different of those you can equip too. Three. What'd you say? Uh, Dark Souls 3 has weapon arts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so all of that is built into every weapon. Um, and so there's a ton to explore with the combat. Mm-hmm. And the monster roster keeps getting cooler and cooler and cooler and cooler as I play through the game. And it's the quintessential Monster Hunter experience. Like, for me, the best thing about it is, and this is what I like about Monster Hunter, it's like you look at something and you look at it and you look at it and you look at it. And then on, like, the 30th hour, it, like, clicks into place. You're like, oh, that's what that is used for or that's mm-hmm. what that is. And... That's basically my experience with Monster Hunter, and that's what I like about it. And yeah, G- Generations Ultimate has that, maybe more than Rise even did for me, because uh, Rise cut a lot of the stuff off to like kind of appeal to a wider right, wider audience. So I don't know, it's neat. So I got a I got a lot of new favorite monsters. And uh, it's starting to be like Pokemon, where I can remember <laughs> all these different ones in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, in a in a weird way, it is sort of like Pokemon. I think I'm gonna play Monster Hunter Stories, which is like Pokemon, where you catch yeah. the monsters and train them and have turn based battles with them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So cool. I don't think I'll ever go backwards in Monster Hunter, but I am looking no. forward to Rise. There's a lot of, uh, there's for sure a lot of quality of life stuff that makes it extra frustrating. Yeah. You have to, you have to paintball your monster. Yep. Do, you, do you know about that? I do know about that. How that works? Yep. Yeah, and then if you run out of paintballs, you're pretty screwed. Yeah, and it's not like, I assume that one is one where it's not like a giant map. You like go between parts of the map and that's part of the paintballing thing. Because if it leaves the map, it goes to a different... Like, 
Is is that one yeah. not that way or okay? No, that's how it works. Yeah, it's most of the time if you watch them leave the map, you can just follow them sure. in the direction they left. Yeah, but ones that can fly or go underground right. don't retreat to the area. They don't right follow next that logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other yeah. things that you can craft besides paintballs that will show you where the monster is on the map. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's like a psycho serum you can drink, or if you see the if you see the like uh, research balloon above you, you can wave at the balloon and they'll point the monster out on the map for you for a little bit. Yeah. So there's like systems in place that make it not so annoying. But for the first twenty hours, I was forgetting my paintballs and then losing <laughs> the monster and then having to like it. That that thought makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, you got to learn. You got to learn how to play. In general. They want you in your inventory more in this older game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, there's like way there's way more things that you have to craft and take care of. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. But yeah, it's cool. I. Uh, so I know you said early we should talk about Halo, but we talked about Halo a little bit. So let's talk about something new. For in, okay. in terms of the podcast. Uh, well, we didn't talk about the campaign. That's why I, I know. Why. I know, but we still talked about Halo. <laughs> um, I just want to break up some of that a little bit. Where, and I don't have a whole lot to say about it, so we'll just hit it real quick. Hard transition. I since last episode, I played and completed Psychonauts two. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. I think that game was both really good and a sign of maybe 3D platformers went away for a reason. <laughs> like, as a thing. Uh, because so much of that game is collectible collectibles to, like, ad nauseum. <laughs> and it was not that exciting to collect them. So I kind of like forced myself to play that game a little bit. And, uh, you have to collect stuff to progress. Basically. No, you don't No, which is, which is great. Um, it's all almost completely optional, honestly, but the fact that there is so much of it, you see it constantly. And it's like, I should do that. And it's kind of like a distraction. I felt more than, valuable and i i hit a point in that game where i just straight up stopped i didn't i didn't get any of it at all like i was just like you know what i'm not here for this and i'm just not looking at any of it and it was it it then made me experience the game and more and like my experience more because i was just playing the story and part of me wonders if you could just like turn them off like, I feel like that would be an interesting thing for a game to implement. Like, do you not want to engage with any of this stuff? Just turn it off because you don't need it. And, like, they did impact, like, your abilities and stuff in that game, which is another criticism of that game. It had combat, which I kind of forgot that the original game had combat. And I didn't like any of the combat, <laughs> like, at all. Um... 
but I didn't turn it down to easy, which there were there were a bunch of different options in that game to like tweak the combat and and general overall thing. And I kind of wish I would have, but I didn't because I wanted to experience it the base level what most people are going to play it on. And it was fine. It wasn't hard or anything. But you collect those things to increase your abilities to for combat and and it would be nice and I'll, I this will come up in another game I want to talk about later, but like I would have really liked to just experience that game because it is so creative. Like the levels are so creative. The story was pretty good. The characters were all pretty good. And like, I would have really liked to just like walk through it kind of like just lead me around to things and not really do any of the combat, not collect any of the things, just kind of experience all of the creative crazy shit that they came up with. And that alone is why I still think it's a good game. Um, that stuff outweighs all of my issues with it considerably, which I think is like really impressive for me because usually that stuff like kills a game for me a little bit. And uh, I think that game's great and it's on game pass and it was in talks for like game of the year stuff at game awards and whatever. And ultimately I do think it was awesome. Um, it just made me stop and think about 3D platforming stuff again because, like, you know, we had Bowser's Fury this year, and I thought that was amazing. Yeah, I really like that, too. And does does that, does that get a Mario bump? Like, is it because of, like, oh, it's Mario, so that's all Mario is? But So, like, it, it's made me, like, reevaluate some stuff well, like that. The answer to that question is no because um, I played It Takes Two, which was also... A game of the year. Yeah. Mention technically game of the year. Yeah, game of the year. (laughs) Which I think is very strange. But um Yeah, so I played through that with Josh and it's primarily a three D platformer. Really? Uh that you do co op. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't really know that. I thought it was like solving Uh, puzzles, not really platforming. I would say platforming and puzzles and platforming puzzles okay and essentially you know what that game is it's like when you go to the science center and you go through all the exhibits and they have all these like toys that demonstrate how yeah whatever science works and you do the toy or you do the demonstration thing you're like wow that's cool it's so fun Mm -hmm. and like it wouldn't be fun if you sat there all day and did the same thing, but you see it once and then you move on and you go to the next thing and you see that thing and that's really cool. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. next thing is really cool. And then that's what this playing this game is like. Okay. That's a good, that's a good um, analogy. I like that. And that's why it's, it's why it's a good game is because like they literally came up with so many different things for you to mess with mm-hmm. that, it all plays really well and it all is very polished and if you don't like that specific thing then it's gone in 5 minutes anyway and you never like um, do something like it again no that's no. awesome and it's it's crazy because like that's so counter to video game design it's so crazy because like even like the way the world the game world is is built they rendered all this beautiful stuff and like it's so crammed full of interactables 
like kind of like Mario is like everything that you see pretty much you can do something to mm-hmm. and you can just like run right through it and like the next section is a whole new brand new thing and it's over in five minutes and you're on to the next one it's over in five minutes and you're on to the next one yeah it's like geez how much like it looks expensive but i i don't think it was an expensive game probably not it just comes it's really polished it comes across really really nice like they built so many different environments for you to run around and interact in and that's awesome that's good because i wouldn't really describe like the other two games that that studio made was brothers and a way out and i wouldn't describe either of those games as being impressive i mean the story brothers was good because of the story and a way out was interesting because of its co-op thing. Um, so I would say that the story in this game is my major issue with it. Oh yeah. Um, it's interesting because it's co-op. You have that all through this game. Every puzzle that you guys, that you do with whoever you're playing with is a new version of how can we help each other through this right. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the premise of the game is that it's a, it's a couple's marriage that's going bad. Mm hmm. And it shows them fighting, and the daughter, like, wishes they could get back together, and they get transported into, like, basically these little miniature dolls. And then you play as the dolls in the in the game. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids <laughs> Toy Story type of thing where you're, like, running through the attic or you're running through the garden or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because it's not just miniature toys. It's, like, everything's anthropomorphized anthropomorphized is that right anthropomorphized anthropomorphized yeah yeah and like the game's like acid tripped out like it's like they made a surrealist version of the garden not just you running around in the garden yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. sure and so it's like excuse for the level designers to just go crazy with what everything looks like and so you get some really neat art design in terms of like the levels. Yeah. And just like some examples of the co-op thing, like in the bee level where you're fighting a bee's nest in the backyard, one person has um, like a, a goop shooter, which they shoot honey. And the other person sh- has a mat shooter that shoots mat. So you like gob things up with honey, and then the other person shoots the fire and blows up the things that you gobbed up. <laughs> to, is honey flammable? <laughs> is that something I never... In this, in this game, it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess you said it's surreal, so why not? Or like there's we each get a side of the magnet, and one thing is yeah pushes and one thing pulls. and So there's a whole bunch of different stuff like that. Uh, and it just... Nothing outstays its welcome. And really the only thing in the game that I think is kind of not great is the writing. Um, Okay. Yeah. Just because... That was the problem with A Way Out, for sure. Just because, like, it's a couple. Uh Uh-huh. And they're doing a, a marriage, like a divorce thing where they're trying to, like, the... They're trying to get back together through cooperation. There's like this book doctor that's talking to him. His name is uh, Doctor Hakeem, mm-hmm. and he's actually pretty. He's the funniest character in the game. 
Um, he's like, Dr. Love, like he's doing that kind of thing. Okay. And uh, they're kind of just, you know, fighting and bickering and like, you used to always love to ski. Now you don't love to ski. It's like it's like very on the nose, generic okay, uh, okay. couples yeah. writing. Yeah. Um. So that can be a little distracting, and like they don't really tackle the subject of of you know child rearing and and divorce with any kind of nuance. <laughs> like, so don't don't expect like there to be some profound like realization in your own relationship like if you're playing this yeah uh, it's just a bunch of fun games to play with a friend and if you don't think about it any harder than that i think this is an incredible game yeah i would that's i would describe their previous games similarly like just don't yeah. just don't think about it too much the the reason they're interesting is because of trying new things with gameplay which is i think which is cool I think it's a nice thing for them to win game of the year with a game that is essentially about them making the couple get back together. Uh, it's a good thing, I think, for gamers to see and <laughs> get drawn so, to. So and you like, think it was a message? Well, last year's game of the year was Last of Us Part Two, so it was like a revenge flick where they're literally having you kill people and feel bad about it and... I don't know. And and nice. it was completely ni- Last of Us 2 was completely nihilistic cuz it was all for no fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, so it was all I think for it's no nice, reason. It's nice that a wholesome a game that attempts something wholesome won the biggest prize that it could possibly win in sure games. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I want to play that at some point. They they added that to Game Pass now. So, we'll get around to it. I don't have a uh, I don't have a good transition off of that, but we can talk about Halo's campaign now if you want. Are you done with it? No, I haven't played it again. No, I mean, are you are you not going to play it? I don't know. Are you done with it? I I don't know. I haven't decided. I don't really care about it, which is kind of what I, you know, I I said that as much on the last episode, I believe. Like, not really that interested. I was just checking it out because I currently have Game Pass right now. Yeah. And um I got to the point where it opens up where yeah. where it becomes like here's a map and you can go to the forward operating bases and go and whenever it did that I turned it off cuz I yeah. I wasn't terribly concerned with doing that. Yeah. As much as I uh, thought I would be actually. So I I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Um. I think that the thing that makes it cool is, like, I feel like three four three struggled once they took over the Halo franchise with, like, what Halo's identity was going to be a little bit. Definitely. And I think the reason that series is so like everlasting is it it's just a a different thing to a lot of people like people come to halo for different reasons like i was i grew up with a brother any game that had co-op that we could play together yeah and it wasn't against each other like automatically like scored bigger and we played lots of because yeah it was not a fight between us do you know what i mean yeah 
So like Halo's big for me because we did that. And I remember playing four-man sniper battles on Ridge. Like there's things that I take from Halo that probably other people don't is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And I think 343, at the time they took over the franchise, like we're trying to cater to too many fans, too many like like people play Halo for Forge, people play for multiplayer, people play for the big narratives. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And so anyways, they made four and five. I think one of them was probably focused on catering toward the COD multiplayer, like, crew. And then the other one was eSports. Halo 5 was eSports. And this Halo feels like, you know, they're trying to get back to basics, all all that marketing talk that they have. Boots on the ground. I think I feel like the thing that they're trying to get back to in this version of Halo is like the sandboxy part of the game yeah. that made the original game fun. And I think that's cool. Like that's what the open world is for. Mm-hmm. You, you, you capture those bases and then you can load anything, any equipment that you want into the base like yeah, essentially like you're playing it's kind of like know, like a metal gear mission type thing it's kind of like the weird war zone thing from five put into yeah, the campaign yeah. yeah and then you can just go off into the campaign and mess around with it yeah and like that works for me like i think that's a good it, it's fun like i'm 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 taking a warthog and i'm driving it right into the middle of the enemy base and then I, I jump from the driver's seat onto the gunner's seat, and I start shooting at them, and they throw a plasma grenade at me, mm-hmm. and it blows the warthog up, and the warthog does a billion barrel rolls in the air. It goes flipping up in the air. That's the most Halo still, thing. But I'm still on the gun, yeah. and I'm playing on mouse and keyboard, so it doesn't mess up my aim at all. And I just mow 25 of them down while I'm doing <laughs> 360 barrel rolls in the in the air. <laughs> It's not a 360 like, no scope. It's a 360 barrel roll. Or like I take the mongoose and I try to drive it up the mountain, as far up the mountain as I can get. Yeah. Br- over rocks, breaking rocks, and then I turn around, and I got all these trees that are like lined up perfectly on the way down the mountain. And so I grapple shot the trees and start Spider Man grapple shotting down by grabbing the peaks of each tree. Yeah. Yeah, the gra- the there's grapple just, is amazing. There's just so many opportunities I feel like for silly fun. Mhm. And then the grapple shot changes combat so that like it used to be in old Halo if you got caught out in the open too much you would die. Mhm. Because your shields recharge. Yeah. You know, you have to like kind of turtle a little bit. But with the grapple shot now, once you get in danger, you can just get away, like get right away. So it changes the the way combat like works. You can drop right into the middle of yeah. of the of the zone and start blasting dudes. And it, it like it's the first time I feel like Master Chief has really really felt like 
Mm, a like bad like dude. a super yeah like yeah, like yeah. super powered basically yeah like that's a good like point the doom, yeah the doom campaign um was so cool because it it was all referencing the doom guys like being so badass oh he's yeah. so badass yeah and then you're just murdering everyone any everyone in all the gameplay sections yeah so you're so you feel like that um, this game achieves that I feel like with Master Chief, where he, like he's still doing his one-liners. He's like, you know, I need then, a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like still acting all macho and stuff. <laughs> and then like you drop right in the middle of a thing and just melee three guys to death, and then grapple hook the weapon, and then blow somebody up with the rock launcher all in three seconds. And you're like, oh yeah, man, I am, <laughs> I am the chief. And so like all of that has been really cool. And, like, regardless of whether or not the narrative gives me anything that's going to be, yeah, like, good, yeah, I think, I think, like, I'll be able to clear bases and do that for whatever 15 hours that the game has, and I, I'll, I'll enjoy it. And I also think that if they add, like, I, I thought the whole point of Halo Infinite was for this to be the base game of what they will continuously who, add to who knows what the fuck that means <laughs> and not like if you know they take their open map thing and just add other parts of the halo like then it'll be cool like i, I don't i don't know i think that's exciting and i really have everything that i would have wanted from a modern halo game in infinite yeah i think it plays well and i like I like the new stuff gameplay wise that they added. Yeah. Um I just don't know personally that it's worth my time to play through the campaign and that's why I haven't really been doing it. I I just don't feel the pull to complete it cuz I don't care about the narrative at all. And I want to see a little bit of the open-endedness, but I don't really feel like clearing bases because that that feels, regardless of how good the gameplay is, that is a dated thing. That is, that is a really dated video game thing at this point. And um, it's it's funny that it's in Halo now. Like, I think it works good in Halo. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I'm I don't I have no opinion otherwise. I I just think it's like. It's it's so many years later from when that became really common, and and it's interesting to see something like Halo do that because Halo has always been a very tailored, linear story, and like the only the the experience of you mentioned it, like when you first played Halo One, and you drop on you land on the Halo and you have the warthog you're like wow this is like mind blowing the fact that this is like an op- quote open area that i can navigate in yeah. in this campaign like that is that was unprecedented for a shooter it felt like and i totally understand wanting to like recapture that especially with like where halo sat as a thing in everybody's mind. Um, and, and I'm, I'm wondering like when I played Halo one, 
what was I looking for with that? I think it was just that feeling of openness, not that I actually wanted it to be open. And so, like, if I continue playing the, the campaign, I might do, like, one base and that's it. Because the freedom to do stuff is cool, but if you don't want to engage with it, you don't have to, right? And, like, just the fact that it's there does add a little bit into that experience, I guess. But it's also not really what I want to do either. Like, I don't want to checklist things in a Halo game. Like, I don't want to check off boxes in a Halo game, I guess. Uh, so, I mean, it's I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, I just, That's just where I've been. Like, I started it, and I was like, eh, I don't really care about the Banished. I don't think and, it's going to... I don't think it's going to offer anything more than... Like it's very much just box checking, yeah. With with the gameplay, like your your enjoyment of the gameplay is what's gonna right. get you to enjoy the box checking. You either like dropping into the yeah camp and being Master Chief, or you don't. Yeah, but they still they still give you the linear narrative levels right. in the open world. Like you'll just drive to them, right? So yeah, and uh, and that's that's what I liked about the Halo campaigns anyway was like yeah. oh here's this set piece what are we doing in this set piece and and it's kind of a little open but not really like yeah. like it just gives you the feeling of it being open otherwise it's not it's very much not and well i'll say like really the open world there fast travel opens up at anything that you have been to so if you don't want to engage with the open world you can literally just skip like travel around the whole thing <laughs> and barely drive to your mission destinations. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like it, it was nice that they let you do that in the original games. It was, it was like, Oh, you know, let's make it an adventure to like get to this thing. And you're covering like a lot of distance. And that, that to me, like in general across video games is always like, Oh man, this was quite a, this was quite a trek to get to this thing. And like, that's interesting to me. Um, but yeah, otherwise I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, it's, it's a big shrug from me right now. I, I like the multiplayer, which, yeah. which we already talked about. So I, uh, I want to get on a soapbox real quick um, to wrap up the battle pass stuff. It's uh, it's terrible. I, I hate that they did that to this game. I They did it so wrong. And it's not a big deal, because really, whatever. But it didn't dawn on me until after... You used it a little bit. Well, no, it didn't dawn on me until after last episode. Like, because I didn't buy the Battle Pass. Um, You don't get anything in that game for just playing it. You get almost nothing in terms of the cosmetic stuff. You If you go around the open map in the in the I know there are there are unlockables so. in the in the campaign so like that's nice that that's nice because that's how the old games worked like when they when they started adding the cosmetic stuff if you did certain things during the campaign or you beat it on a hard difficulty or whatever you would unlock stuff and that's good I'm glad that is there I'm glad that option is there a little bit but as far of as multiplayer if you just want to play multiplayer you are not getting anything <laughs> you are getting nothing like 
I, I scrolled through the current season battle pass and every, almost every free tier of the battle pass is nothing. It, it's, it has nothing to do with your armor or anything. And it's one of those instances of they are making the multiplayer free to play. So I kind of understand why they did that. Yeah, but it's still gross. But it, they literally took out a feature of the previous games. They, they removed a feature of those games and put it behind a paywall. And that sucks. Like, that really sucks. Like, yes, it's free to play. That makes the conversation complicated. You know, that muddy... Yeah, because that the muddies game would the, have been behind a paywall anyway. That muddies the whole thing. But wouldn't you want to, like... What, what entices somebody to play that game for free outside of the gameplay? literally nothing literally nothing and every other free to play game does it it bends over backwards to keep you playing it and hopefully spend money and halo infinite does not offer anything like that <laughs> as a free to play game it doesn't offer anything and i i feel like i can speak pretty informed on this because i've played so much magic arena this year and i have put a little bit of money into that game but not really and it's because i can keep playing it and getting things and and maybe spend money on it and they have it has worked i spent a little bit of money on it and and halo just doesn't do that it just doesn't have that it and again it just comes back to they don't know what they're doing for a free to play no, experience at all. They'll figure it out. They got those kinds of things need to get uh worked out. I mean nothing service nothing service no, it's base not, has ever launched. It's not set in launched. stone and it's not launched perfect, but but no. as it is right now and the fact that it's going to be this way until March or whatever, that's a good bit of time to to sit with how it works. So, and I have not heard anybody say this about this game. I don't listen to that much stuff anymore. I don't gauge with that much media for games anymore. But nobody has mentioned this fact at all. I don't know if you've heard that, but... No, not really. I mean... Most people covering I, this game probably received the battle pass. And I know they, so they're not uh, aware that it works this way. I know they shut down the game's Reddit thread because people were being toxic. Oh. Because they were mad about the the way the battle pass works. That's um, funny. I mean they, they like I was so excited how they fixed the experience stuff. Like they did they did make ro like roads to change how that had, works. They've had like two more updates, I think, since they they they've changed it a couple of times. What they really need to do is make a roadmap that says, "Hey, here's here's what we have planned." And I think that would alleviate things better. But I don't that'll that's the system will be in a different place by the time we have this episode posted, which is why I don't It won't well, it won't change how you get cosmetic stuff. That's not going to change anytime soon. That's my complaint. That's my no, number one won't. complaint. <laughs> so, like, and 
and I kind of am, you know, now I when when we play Halo Infinite, I am literally just playing it to play it. And that's nice in a way, but man, we are so trained with video games anymore in the last how many years that that's just not what you expect out of multiplayer experiences. <laughs> and that sucks, but it's true. And I've been trained by other games to expect certain things now and it's it's weird it's weird to realize that with it so i don't know yeah i don't know either pay by the pass if you want the no. armor i guess <laughs> no that's not a solution <laughs> that's that's not that's a, a solution that's, that's their solution. That's, that's, well, fuck that. Like, that's that's <laughs> that's exactly why I brought it up, because that's not a solution. That's, that's like an extra thing. You want the armor that sparkles and shines, you buy the battle pass. You don't buy the battle pass to get features that have existed before. That's well, the, frustrating. The problem is that you buy the battle pass, and even when you do unlock tiers on the battle pass it's like still right challenge tokens double xp tokens and all that stuff so that's i mean it's it's a problem all the way around but yeah i just i just can't spend energy complaining about battle passes is all that's i just i won't do it's it. it's just not what game it is it's just it's not it's a bigger conversation than that it's it's not a it's not a money thing it's a it's a principle thing it's a it's a it's a choice design choice thing. It's, it's, it's ramifications for games as a whole thing. Like that's, that's the issue. Yeah. I don't know. It is a, it is a money thing. Cause the money is what drives their decision, that decision for them to do it that way. I, I, I guess I mean like a personal thing. Like I think it's what $8 or something. Josh said it was really cheap. So technically it's really cheap, but so if it's that cheap, it obviously isn't a money thing <laughs> like for them, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But if they're going to decide to go free to play with the, with the like thought of charging people for right. And armor, other, other free to play games don't do it this way. They do it better well, is my yeah, problem. I'm, I'm, like that's the problem. I'm not arguing that. I just, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to talk about this. Uh, well, that was the last, I'll never bring it up again until it's fixed. Um, I, I just wanted to say that. So I got a game that I think you need to personally play. You need to play. Okay. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. I talked about it at the beginning of the year <laughs> you, when I bought you it. You mentioned it. I don't want to play that game. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. It is, is it, it good? It literally is so good. Yes. It's it's the original Dark Souls number one. It is it is like a knight, and everything is messed up and cursed. And <laughs> so just aesthetically, it's the original Dark Souls. That's why I aesthetically, play it. it's the original Dark Souls. I mean, that's Souls any and the way the fantasy game. No, and the way the game is designed. Okay, with traps and like it's literally meant to punish you. Like the game is meant to to punish you. Yeah, the way enemies pop out and the way the floor falls out underneath you and. But the thing that's interesting about it is, um, you know, it's set up like an arcade game, but it almost has like some light RPG elements where you're upgrading your character. 
Yeah, as you play through. As you play? Yeah. And you can also select, like, which path you want to take through the... Yeah. Like, to get to the, the second level. But you can then go back and play the other path in order to get upgrade stuff so that you can have more magic upgrades, mm-hmm. which is what I did. But every level is unique. The art style is awesome. Um... The bosses are cool. Like the, you fight a boss at the end of each level, and then they're they're unique. And they're, it's like Cuphead with the way that the boss has phases and yeah, and yeah. Uh, like the game. The way the game works is you choose a difficulty, and the top the top two difficulties don't have checkpoints. Yeah, but the bottom two do. So if you choose one of the bottom two then you can just checkpoint your way through the game. Like, you can still see it. I'm not beating my head against something that's impossible in order to see it. Like, I just kind of play it. It's really hard, it's really hard, it's really hard, and then I get through it. Like, it's 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 not... I don't know. It's not that bad. Like, I, I, a thing that would be fun, I think, would be to, like, have everybody start on a level and try to get a certain distance into the level or... Mm-hmm trying to get the highest score on the level because it's, it's score attacked. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more you the more you lose, it'll prompt you to lower the difficulty and so you can just see everything. And I, I just think it's really good. It's a really good classically styled game. Uh, it's really funny, and I if you could get it cheap, I think it's worth, it's worth seeing. I never played... And I've been super impressed at... Like what it is. I think I played the original for like five minutes in my whole life. And I wonder how similar it is to that. Because like the whole like work your way through the level and like upgrade what's his name as you're going. Like I think that existed. Arthur? Yeah. Like you would get that different armor. I think like you would find that armor that lets you throw the javelins. So the way it works is they have like little fairies that drop pots and those pots you can get change your weapon every time and sometimes those pots will drop like special armor okay so your weapon is normally like a javelin and then you can change it to like a little flame that'll be like a different arc on the throw <laughs> like castle or Vader. it'll or it'll be like little knives which you can throw faster yeah more of them at a time mm-hmm. and, and so and once you collect something your weapon changes and then you you're stuck with that until you right. get another clay right. pot and it's so if you die you'll stay with the one that you died with yeah so you can kind of screw yourself like you can get the wrong um the wrong weapon for a certain part yeah totally but mm-hmm. but you just get back to the when the guy has a clay pot and you break the clay pot and then you get a new thing and then you're good mm-hmm. um and, but if you collect fairies, your fairies can be spent at the end of a level. Um, there's like a whole tree with magic unlocks. And if you hold the A button down, it's like a two-button game. <laughs> if you hold the A button down, they'll do like... Maybe it'll be like a residual fire that stays lit in front of him. Or he'll turn into a boulder and you can just roll through enemies. Or like different yeah. kind of game-breaking spells. And uh, I just think the art style is sick and like the level design is really cool it goes from a graveyard to like the walls of a castle you climb up into the castle and you go to the top of the castle and then i don't know it's just it's it's a cool little game have you finished a run uh uh, no i've i've beaten i played 
up to where I can't make uh, like choices in which level I'm on anymore. So it might be the last level. Okay. I've killed four bosses. I would guess there isn't much more than that, but that's a yeah. total guess. You know, I've only seen a little yeah. bit of that. This new one. Um. Yeah, you should you should check it out. I think it's uh I think it's pretty neat. Okay, noted. Uh, I don't have a again. Don't have a good transition off that, but I have a game that I am ninety nine point nine percent positive on, and that is Inscription. Inscription is one of the most interesting things I played this year, without a doubt. It was so good, and. Some listeners may have heard about it, you know, as we're in the end of the year and people talking about game of the year stuff. I do think this was kind of a sleeper hit a little bit uh, where I didn't hear too much about it, but now it's popping up on like game of the year lists and it's high on game of the year lists. I think it was Polygon's game of the year. I think, um, Inscription is currently it's only on PC. I'm I'd be shocked if it doesn't come to other platforms at some point because of the word of mouth. But it is a ultimately it's a deck building card game. And talking much more about it other than that is a spoiler. Uh but it is a it is a really straightforward deck building card game where it's just it's a it's there's four lanes of cards and they're they're essentially creatures that have attack and defense values and on your turn yours attack and then on the opponent's turn they move forward and attack so the reason they move forward is so you can see what they're going to do and kind of anticipate it a little bit uh and that's kind of it from then on it's it's kind of it's got roguelike stuff it's got adventure gamey type stuff um, the cards change over time a little bit. Like you can build cards, which is really cool. Like every time you lose a run, it gives you the choice to combine certain cards that you had in your deck to make totally new, unique cards to your game. Like you get to name them and everything. And when you do subsequent runs, they might show up and you get to pick them. And so this gives you control of potentially making completely broken cards <laughs> which is awesome um but i can't really talk about too much else other than that like there's this whole other layer of that game that lets you get up from the table so like you are playing like a person sitting at a table playing a game and you can get up from that table and like interact with a couple things in this little cabin that you're in and you might you know, you might find other cards to put in your deck or something. And that game goes some really, really weird, cool places. It, it It is much more than that. Like, you primarily play that card game, but that card game changes drastically over the course of, like, I don't know, it took me, like, maybe 10 hours or so to to see the finale. And... It's fucking awesome. I loved that game. I thought it was so cool. 
any any kind of praise you might hear about it is totally deserved. It's so unique. Nothing is like it at all. Outside of it being, you know, a deck building card game. It is super weird. It's a super weird game that is totally worth experiencing. It probably runs on pretty basic computers too. Like you don't need anything special to do it. But yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend that game. Like if you have if you have any interest in card games at all, it's a really cool one. So cool. Yeah. I'll probably play that. I'm just not so it's not on Games Pass, is it? No. I, I thought yeah. I, I feel like that's a really good candidate to be on Game Pass. So maybe down the road it will be. I don't know. I feel like Xbox needs to jump on that and be like, hey, come here. Uh but yeah, really good. Really good. It's it's for sure high on my list this year. For sure. For sure high? Yep. Is that a is that a small game? An indie game? Is it a is it a small game? I mean, I think it's only developed by like one person or something because they've made other games. I've never played them. I had heard of the it? the one. It's called Pony Island, but um, that was kind of an in joke about. Yeah, it. I know. I I would say no. Uh, that I mean, ten hours is a significant time investment, and what okay. what it accomplishes as like what it is is like really impressive. So if I had a five-hour game, is that small? Sure. Or yep. Um, so this small game I'm going to talk about is called Pathless. Okay. The Pathless. Uh, I played it on PS5. It's a uh, kind of an open-world adventure uh, type thing with some interesting traversal mechanics. Has you do some light puzzling in order to uh, fight these ancient creatures. Uh, on this island, mm. uh, the game's pretty neat. Um, does some cool things with its art style. It's by the team of, I think the person that did Journey's art, or maybe Journey's soundtrack, yeah, or something like that. I think it's somebody that spun off because like Journey had a couple key people, and then they had a spinoff studio, and I can't remember what it is, but they made Abzu. Is this the people that yeah, made yeah, Abzu? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I liked Abzu. I thought that was good. Yeah, so this game's uh, you're like a play a little bow hunter, and he's trying to restore these ancient spirit creatures who are corrupted. Uh, so I, I I enjoyed the game a lot. I think the puzzles were a little bit stale. Okay, I'll say, and I got sick of them toward the end of the five hour experience. But uh, that is as pretty far as short. seeing. Is seeing the game, um, I think it's a great game to just kind of take in. It feels a lot like you're breaking the sacred wheel thing, kind of like you do in uh, uh, Guardians. What's the the what's the Guardians game that uh, I don't like and you do? Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, Shadow of Colossus, yeah. Wait, I'm mixing up Last Guardian and Shadow of Colossus. You don't I said like Guardians. Shadow of the Colossus? Nah, not really. Oh my god, I don't know that you ever revealed that. Uh, so it, it feels like that where you're <laughs> like moving kind of breaking that. this ancient wheel of uh, of things, and 
it's got a lot of spectacle for you to see while you're doing that. Okay. And uh, has a cool traversal mechanic where you're basically shooting targets, and as you hit the targets, your character will sprint forward. Yeah, you move, like, pretty fast, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you... You kind of like do this dash thing, and it feels really good with the PS5 controller, which has the haptic thing, because there's like a time that you have to to hold the uh, trigger down, which simulates her pulling the bow string back. Okay. And you have to hold it a certain amount of time for her to get the string all the way back, and then if you release it at the right time, you get a little bonus boost. Yeah. So it's kind of like fun to boost across the environment mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um. I feel like in the end of that game, I, I kind of was landing on the fact that the environments felt a little too big, uh, and I think it was because they thought their traversal mechanic was really, was really fun and they fun, wanted yeah. you to use it a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I maybe wasn't having as much fun with it as like I would with Spider-Man or something like that where you're web-slinging. Sure. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I would say it's a pretty cool game. Uh, it's not very long. And uh, similar to, you know, the five-hour experience you get with Abzu or a smaller game like that. Journey. <laughs> so Journey. Yeah. Journey is like, I don't know, two hours maybe? Journey is pretty short. I feel like yeah, pretty short. It's pretty short. But yeah, it's similar to those. It's, it's a little a little bit big. The open worlds that you can explore are much bigger than what Journey offers. Okay. And... Um, you could probably spend more time in those worlds if you wanted to complete all the puzzles. Like I didn't do that. I just played to see with the ending and then mm-hmm. then finished. So, but that game's neat. Uh, it was one of the original PS5. Yeah, that came uh, out last year, right? I don't know if it came out last. I think year it came. Or... I think it came out with PS5, like the new consoles, because um, it's on PC too. Uh, I want to say that is like an epic game that's one that's an example yeah, of something sounds, that's only on epic right now sounds like it would be yeah i have a i have something relatively similar to that that i played a little bit of on game pass which is sable nice did you finish that game no uh sable sable came out this you didn't year like it yeah, so I'm conflicted about it. Sable came out this year, and again, the reason I'm, I'm the reason I'm playing it is because I started hearing about it on like end of the year stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, that totally uh, people like the art style. Yeah, it totally flew under my radar. I remember when it was announced, I was like, this looks really cool. It's like this flat color, very limited color palette game, and it, and it had it has just such a neat look, and totally forgot about it and it's on game pass and i was like oh well i might as well check it out uh i heard the the reason i was reminded of it was because an artist called japanese breakfast did the soundtrack for it you you listen to japanese breakfast i don't but i just thought that like i had heard of i think it's just a, a girl it's just one person right it's not a group but i had heard of them and i was like that's interesting. You don't really hear about like known artists doing soundtracks for video games too often anymore. I feel like maybe I, I, that's a pretty generic statement, but um, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." And then I checked. So I except wanted... for when Breaking Benjamin did the song for Halo Two, <laughs> Incubus did a song for one of the Halo games too. Um, Sick. But yeah, so Sable is 
Sable is much more interesting than I thought it would be because I didn't know anything about it. I had never seen any. I didn't even know it came out, honestly. And it's it's an open world kind of Zelda Breath of the Wild like because it has climbing. It has it has climb literally anything. And that is awesome. That immediately is appealing to me. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm down. I'm down to just explore this weird giant desert and climb literally whatever I want. And you can. And you also are riding around on, like, a speeder bike that uh, is how you primarily use to get around a generally pretty big, open, barren world. The bike does not go fast enough. It is really slow, and that's so you can see their open world. But there's nothing to see, and that and that was <laughs> that. That's one of my problems. Is it's it's a desert, so you can only make that so interesting. <laughs> like, like it does. It has a day night cycle, and the color palette you know changes through the day night cycle, and it definitely visually is a cool thing. But it's not enough, and. It is an open worldy checkbox type thing. Like all you're doing is fetch quests to check off boxes and your character is on some sort of like rite of passage thing and you're earning badges kind of like the scouts. <laughs> and the point of the game is to earn those badges and progress that way. And like I think I could have been more on board if that game worked. It is kind of buggy and shitty. And that's really a bummer because it is a really chill experience. There's no combat. You just fly around on your little desert bike and you climb stuff and you try and figure out climbing puzzles to get the thing and bring it back or whatever. And that's that's cool. Like I'm down for that. Like I, I'm cool with no combat and just experiencing a world. Like when I said Psychonauts two did not need a lot of the things that it has, I was hinting at Sable does. Sable is the thing that I always want games to do. The problem is it doesn't work. Like climbing is janky. You sometimes you sometimes just don't climb things. You don't climb up. That was like a bit of a cell phone, don't you think? Why? That's because you said this is the thing that I want games to do. Well, no, I'm the talking about. Is, I'm talking about. Thing, does it work? This is technical problems, is what I'm saying. Like it, uh, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. It has technical issues that like totally. It's not because the game's boring, is what you're saying. No, I. I mean, it's. It is a cool world. I mean, seeing it, I'm. I want to see more of it, but like climbing stuff is frustrating because you just kind of don't climb things sometimes. Like, like you'll be climbing up something and there's a stamina meter and you have to manage that and you have to figure out your way around it. But like you just straight up won't climb up stuff sometimes. Like you'll, she'll start doing the animation of climbing and then like get to the top of the thing you're trying to get to the top of. And she'll get stuck in, stuck in this loop of like pulling herself up, but then falling down. And it's not because you're out of stamina. It's because it's like not detecting the ledge correctly and it happens constantly (laughs) and it was so frustrating and like flying like flying around on your speeder bike 
you get flipped around and jumped it like it does not detect the level of the ground well and the whole thing is supposed to be this like serene chill experience and it ends up being this janky kind of mess a little bit like mess is maybe yeah. a little harsh but but it really took me out of it like it, every time i was trying to climb something and like she it did like this weird clipping thing the camera was really fucked up like the camera would just suddenly zoom around and like get real close to the character and it it's frustrating like that i haven't experienced a really technically messy game in a while i feel like and it kind of was like Man, this could be a lot better. Like they they could have really polished this game a lot better, but it's not. And I've heard nothing but good about that game, but I just it just it just really took me out of it that I didn't want to play it. Like I don't I don't want to deal with that. Like I don't have time for that, you know? Yeah. Like that's I'm not I'm not trying to push that's a it seems like it's a decently long game too for like what it is. And I'm not pushing through stuff like that with what it is. You know, it's not it's not mm-hmm. that interesting. So, yeah, it's a little kind of a bummer because it's it is cool looking, and I I don't I don't want to tear them down too much. It's an indie game, you know. But yeah, just I ran into constant issues like that. So yeah, I've heard I've heard a little bit about that game. Um... People seem to be kind of divisive on it. People either really liked the art style or or in line with what you're saying where the jank was too much to yeah. for them to get by. Like the writing was was pretty good. It's it's all text, but like it's funny. Like it tells it's like yeah. jokey and stuff in, in a good way, like in fiction jokey. And it, I thought that was good. I love how simple the UI is. Like there's like no UI basically. It it as a as a like piece, it's very yeah, is nice. it's nice, but it just as a game doesn't function so messy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you play that on Games Pass? Yeah. Well, you know what else you could play on Games Pass? What? What else you should play on Games Pass? Okay. I said, do you know what else you should play on Games I Pass? I said, yeah. I said, okay. What else should I play? The Ascent. Oh, I, w- I wish you would have bought it on Game Pass, or played it on Game Pass. Yeah, I know. I wish you would have, too. Yeah. Um, that came out this year, about, too, I think, right? I'll tell you, Yeah, I think so. I'll tell you about how close we got to playing it on Game Pass after the show. It'll probably make you mad. Josh already told me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I am mad. Uh, um, so, it's a game that you would you'd like. The Cyberpunk in the game is very neat. It's basically a twin stick shooter. Um, like isometric, so isometric view. view. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, the game essentially puts you in a cyberpunk setting. It starts you off and you got a whole Rolodex of terms. <laughs> um, net running, you know, the, hacking, yeah, the corporation, corporation owns this big stack of buildings and yeah. they're, it's, it's full it's of habbers. Everything's wet. Yeah. yeah wet work <laughs> and all this stuff. So all that's really fun. Uh, engaging with the jargon is really fun. Yeah. Um, 
And then the level design is incredible. Like it is jaw dropping frequently. Yeah. Uh, they just made this cool sci-fi cyberpunk world. There's aliens and stuff. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's aliens and, and they've integrated into this society, and so their species quirks like have different functions in the cyberpunk society, like most corporations are owned by the aliens that have no feelings. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, they can, they can riff on that. Like, because that offers some rich narrative for them to pull from. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like playing it is just a top down isometric shooter where you're collecting loot and the loot we've discovered probably about five hours into the game. Uh, isn't, like the kind where you're collecting and getting more. It's like once I have one piece of everything, I can sell all the other pieces and every piece that I pick up is going to be the same stats on it. Oh, okay. So we're kind of just equipping for specific uh, like element types okay. when we go into certain areas. Yeah. And then leveling those armors up at, at vendors. Okay. And that's basically all it is. It's pretty simple. Uh, sorry. It has a cool... um electronic soundtrack it's like real thumping mm-hmm. the voice acting is is pretty fun uh and it's just cool to be engaged in this cyberpunk setting yeah the the fact that it's a twin stick thing looked really cool because i it's kind of funky like how it works with co-op stuff okay uh like one person hosts a save and so, like you always, the, ho- the host has to always be the same. No, I think like when I save a game, it saves my character to the, the whatever profile he's he's on. Okay. And so when the host loads the game, it essentially loads his character profile and just puts whatever characters loaded into the game at the place where that character was last. Okay. And so it acts like you're starting a new game with the person who's hosting except for your character is the one that you just loaded. So like everything in your menu is new. It's like, Oh, <laughs> this is how you go to the map. This is how you, Oh, that sounds like so a you... bug. That sounds wrong. Well, so every time we load in, I had to like do all that stuff. That sucks. <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound like that, that works the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, um, it's been pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, it's like a whole open world and you can kind of just go anywhere. Uh, and then like it has a menu where you can highlight your objective and then just do draw an arrow to it basically. And then follow the arrow. So I read that you'll quickly get overwhelmed and beat by enemies that are way higher than you. If you try to wander and the game will keep you on paths anyway, but I thought it was kind of neat how they just essentially like let you walk. Like you can just explore the entire universe of this, Cyberpunk yeah, I like, world, which is pretty cool. I like when games do that too as a general thing. Like you can go wherever you want, but you're gonna hit things that you shouldn't be going this way and like Yeah. It basically explaining it to you that way instead of instead of like gating you like here's an invisible wall or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh yeah, I uh I pr- I 
I don't think I'll check it out by myself. Uh, but it is on Game Pass. <laughs> Might still be good. It, it for those of you playing it on Game Pass. Game Pass does not work with Steam for this game. For that game so. specifically. Yeah, and I I looked up like I was like googling like why doesn't this work? And they they the developers were just like we want it to work, but it's more difficult than that. And I was I wanted to like email them and be like well. A lot of other developers have figured this out. <laughs> like, it's not really acceptable to do that anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't so, know. I can't think of any other games that work that way. Like, that we play on computer. I play a ton of the free games that you guys are playing on Games Pass. I'm always playing on Steam. Yeah, I mean, Halo. Halo, yeah. Halo is a flagship Xbox title yeah. that has a Steam version that plays with both of them. So what the hell, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and also we have established cross play between platforms, not just on PC. You know, we, it is now established to do that. I would say. So, yeah. That's the last one I got, man. Okay. I got a couple other ones. Um, Jeez, been cranking them out. Kind of. I mean, I just wanted to touch a couple things. That's usually what I do with Game Pass. Like, something has to really hit for me to, like, finish it. And Are you going to try The Artful Escape? No, I keep hearing that name, but I don't know anything about it. Oh, it looks really cool. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I look just into ke- it. I, I saw it on end of the year list. Yeah. I think I have that. I have Artful Escape. I don't have Artful Escape. I'm going to play that, though. Yeah. Probably on Games Pass. And I have Before Your Eyes that I want to play I thought before about, the end of this year. Yeah, I thought about checking out Before Your Eyes because it just requires, like, a webcam or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not – am I looking for a touchy-feely experience? I, I don't know that I am. Like, maybe. I mean, that's a cool idea on its own. <laughs> but, like, do I need to, like, cry I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I need to spend time doing that. Just, just do it, and then the challenge would be not to cry. I know it'll it will make me a cry. challenge. Uh, it'll be a challenge of how hard is your heart. It'll no. I know it'll make me cry. Like I know <laughs> going into it, I will sob. Like it. It. I probably will not see half of that game because it'll make me. Cry. I guess I don't know. I don't guess I don't know what it's about. I mean, I didn't know it was that serious. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> That's all I've heard about it is that it's pretty emotional. So oh, I didn't know that. I just thought, hey, cool tech, control no, with your eyes. No, I think that's. <laughs> I think it's that cool tech plus the whole point is. Well, we it will, will make you next, blink a lot. Tune in, tune in to next show to find out. Yeah. Um, you know what did make me cry? Uh, was a game called The Rift Breaker, on Game Pass. No, it, no, it didn't. Because it was so difficult? No, it made me cry because it's a lot of wasted potential. Uh, so, I love Factorio. We have a whole episode about Factorio in Whiff Oh, uh, I know what Rift Breaker is. That's the one with the uh, top-down shooting, yeah, it's, too, the, to go with the, uh, yeah, the building. Yeah, it's a top-down twin stick technically thing i mean it's only on pc i believe but you use the mouse as like the cursor and you shoot with it um it it's it's a top down like quote city building systems type game 
that also has a little bit more fleshed out combat unlike Factorio. Like Factorio, you can have guns and grenades and shit and you run around and, and shoot things with it, but it's generally pretty basic with that stuff. Riftbreaker tries to present itself as being a little bit more complicated than that. Like you have an inventory that is like your abilities and you upgrade your, there's a whole skill tree for abilities and there's a whole bunch of different weapons you can equip like melee and ranged. You can get grenades and mines and all this stuff. And on top of that, you're doing city building type stuff. You're building up uh, mining refineries and energy producing things. And there's a whole system of wiring it all together and stuff like that. And on top of that, you're supposed to be conquering like a whole planet. So it's not just like this little local map. It's a planet-wide thing. And potentially other planets. I didn't get that far because I lost interest because the build-up part just wasn't very good. So uh, the Riftbreaker is on Game Pass. I almost bought this game prior to having Game Pass because I played the demo on Steam. And I really liked the demo. But the, the full game did not entice me to play it anymore. So... It just ultimately came down to, I think, style over substance. And that's frustrating. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, the combat wasn't good. Like, it didn't feel good to, like, mow down waves of enemies uh, manually as opposed to setting up... Like, you set up turrets and defenses and stuff, but then you also can get out there and do it. And it ultimately came down to... I can do this in Factorio also. Like, it doesn't feel any different than that, other than there's a little bit of melee. And Riftbreaker is way more visually, like, flashy because it's 3D, where yeah. Factorio is, like, sprites, which is, like, actually more impressive than this <laughs> because they did sprites for everything. Um, But, yeah, I, I, like, really wanted to like that game. I really wanted it to like suck me in and and give me that factorio experience just you know kind of with a different twist and it just didn't um it just felt like i was spinning my wheels i wasn't making any progress in it i i was more i was defending myself from the enemies more than actually building up my shit too often like way too often and the and the automated stuff for handling it didn't feel robust enough to like oh, I know it can handle it once I set it up, where in Factorio it felt like once you set up defense around things, you can forget about it for a little bit and focus on other stuff. And you super could not do that in the Riftbreaker. Like, yeah. you just could not do that. So you had to be teleporting around and dealing with everything manually, and it was just... Too many too many spinning plates? Yes. Yeah, definitely too many, too many spinning plates with not enough payoff of it. Yeah. So... Which is a bummer. I, I really I, I appreciate the attempt. Like, I really do. But you think it could be something you could adjust like difficulty wise? Um if you if you put it on easy, would it be easier you'd have more time to build than defend? Probably. I guess I didn't really mess with that because I guess I just didn't I d- honestly didn't even consider it. And and I think maybe that's like an indication of I wasn't as interested in it as I thought I would be. Like, I didn't want to, like, tweak the things to try and make it 
better enough. You didn't want to try. You didn't want to try. Yeah, I mean, because, like, with Factorio, it has peaceful mode. Yeah, you don't have to... I don't even have, you don't have to defend yeah, it's it. Like, I'm not, I'm just... It's like, everything I like, it's like, there's a game that does all of that already, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Play Factorio. Factorio is a really good game. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's anything that gives that Factorio experience besides Factorio. Uh, like you said, you were looking for that. I, what do you think I ha- does? There's a, I, got, I can think of a lot of games off the top of my head that are similar types of games. Yeah. But I'm just curious as, like... I haven't found you know, one you, yet, you, but I... You put so much time into one of them. It's like, how do you... I don't know. Do you, Is there another one that can uh, kind of give you the same but different feeling? Yeah, I mean, I know Satisfactory is a big one. That one's in first person and is 3D, and it does things a little differently. That sounds interesting. I'm still curious about it. I'll I'll try it at some point, probably. There's a couple other ones I want to try, um, but I haven't really... Like, Factoria was the first, like, city-building thing I really went hard on, so I, I don't really have a good radar for that it, Terra I Nil game. The Terra Nil game looks cool, I think. Oh, I don't know what that is. You don't know what Terra Nil is? No. Josh has sent it in our group text like 17 times. <laughs> it's like a uh, um, irrigation? Or, oh, okay. Or, not irrigation. What do you call it when you... Uh, Farming? You land on another planet and you make it suitable for life. Oh, terraforming. Terraforming. It's like a terraforming, terraforming game yeah. where you, you're planning forests and wildlife and then you burn the forest because it germinates and then you oh, wow. add a river because it makes fields and hmm. yeah, you should look it up terra nil i think is what it's called it looks really neat and i also think that one with the beavers looks cool did you see that no no uh, we gotta we gotta look that one up too it's like it's some kind of city builders uh but it's like you're building beaver suits <laughs> Or Beaver Towns or something like that. No, I don't know what that is. I think that one looks neat. Too. I did play a little bit of Surviving Mars, and, and I liked that. I, I wanted to revisit that at some point. And it was free on Epic at some point, so I technically own it. I just haven't got around to it. But that was a good one. I think that was a good one. The, the guy I work with plays a lot of RimWorld. Yeah, I've always heard that's really good. RimWorld looks a little too... like Factorio visually stretches my acceptance of that yeah you know because yeah. i don't like factorio rim world looks a little too it, flash yeah game it looks it does it say. does look too flash game yeah it really does yeah. yeah um the systems might be really interesting but it looks like a flash game so yeah um yeah uh so i i mentioned before i have another game pass game and that's my last one um I mentioned on a previous episode, I think, Mud Runner. Uh, I know. And I really liked Mud Runner. Tis the, tis the season. Well, this is a good one to end Yeah, with. yeah. It's the holidays. Yeah, I really like Mud Runner. Mud Runner is Death Stranding with cars. Trucks. Specifically trucks. So what is different about Snow Runner? Snow Runner, Snow Runner is so much better. It is such a better game. Like I just want to like, I'm I'm clapping. I'm not I'm not golf, golf clapping. Clap. Is cl- that a golf? This is a clap. Like they absolutely hit it out of the park for what Mud Runner is 
with a sequel. Like, it is so much better. It is such a better game. Like, it has a lot more going on. It has it has all these systems that that game didn't that Mudrunner didn't have. Um, I compare it. I compared it to Death Stranding before because it's. Death Stranding is like walk around very slowly and the terrain matters a lot and you're just delivering stuff. And and that was like so compelling. And yeah. The 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 Spin Tires series cuz this goes back even further to a game called Spin Tires. Um SnowRunner is that with trucks and in SnowRunner you actually do change the maps. So like the best part of Death Stranding was building the road. In like the second third of, of Death Stranding, when you start to build the road, if you choose to, that is like the best part of Death Stranding, in my opinion. And you think the road's better than the ski lifts? No, you're right. You're right. But you you have to like <laughs> you have to like really go out of your way to make the zip lines work and they're incredible, but like the road is like a linear, like here's a set. I don't know. But I think the best part of Death Stranding was when you walk up over that hill and that, that nice and low roar that place. Nice, yeah, that was the best part of that game. Some people think the best part's the Mad Mickelson fights. I mean, I liked I liked everything about Death Stranding, but my thing was building the road. I love making progress that changes the map. That is, yeah, that is amazing, and. That is what SnowRunner is. Like it has it has so many maps now and you are like you need to get from one end to the other and you have a car that gets stuck in the mud and goes 1 mile an hour and what do you do about that? And you as you start to explore the map and open up like routes that you can actually like see and plan you come across things that literally you cannot cross like a ravine or a a downed power line or something that is blocking a road and the road is the best way to transport goods you clear those things you build bridges you 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 affect the map to make the transporting easier and that is so fucking satisfying to me. <laughs> it is so satisfying. I love doing shit like that. And like because it's like a big open world, it's like a puzzle to figure out the best approach with what truck you're using, how you're transporting those goods, what route you're taking to do that. That is so awesome. Like I cannot I cannot sell this to like anybody I know. And I understand that it's, but I thought Josh wanted to play. I, yeah, right. (laughs) He has zero, he would have zero patience for this game. Um, it is, it is, it is amazing. I, I love snow runner. I think it's so much better than mud runner. I played a little bit more of mud runner after game pass. And like, that is definitely a more like make your own kind of fun game. Where they were still is it figuring... like a game you would consider buying and starting a Snow new Runner? Game? I will probably buy yeah. Snow Runner. Yeah, um, I'm not going to start a new game. I'll just buy it on Xbox um, with my save. I could probably transfer uh, my save to Steam if I really wanted to, and I might look into that. But, but no, I will probably buy this game because I am floored by the amount of content in it. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's crazy how much is in this game. Like. 
vehicles, upgrades to those vehicles, different maps. <laughs> like, there's so many maps. Um, and there's a ridiculous amount of things to do in every map. You sound like an infomercial for the it's game. It's really right good. So many maps. It's really good. It's it's really good, and I want vehicles upgrades. Yeah. So many maps. And 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 funny thing, they should hire you for their marketing. I know. Like I, who else is talking about this series on podcasts? Probably nobody. Probably nobody. And I love it, and I applaud them for making such an improvement on a really weird niche game and making it even better. And I I have played a lot of it already. <laughs> like So you're gonna you're down to golf clap it? I mean I, I like applauded it. So You applauded yeah. it. Yeah. I did forget to golf clap inscription and stuff, but um So we're gonna golf clap it takes two inscription, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate and SnowRunner right now. Okay. Yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend SnowRunner. I do think that game throws you into the deep end immediately. <laughs> like, it tutorializes hardly anything. That's because they expect which you is, to be familiar which with the entire so series. Which is so funny to me. Like, it's so funny to me because I knew what Mudrunner was and I played it for, like, I don't know, 10 hours or so. And even after doing the tutorial mission of SnowRunner, it basically just goes, okay. Go. <laughs> I think I think some games though, like like Snow Runner is. I feel like is a game where they can be comfortable with. If you're gonna get into this, you're gonna look up how to. I how to. Get I guess into that's it. probably a good point. Yeah, like because yeah, you you start getting into like a, an amount of systems that a game like that has, and you start running into like if we try to tutorialize this, it's gonna be overwhelming and painful painful. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you're right but there are there are a lot of things i would have liked to know in game (laughs) so yeah i mean even just even just basic like what do i do it doesn't really teach you that (laughs) you gotta look up the eight tips for yeah how to start how to start snow runner yeah 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 so yep that's how you got that's what you got to do they that's what that's what they're depending on you to do. They're like, you need to get familiar with the spin tire series. Yeah. Because yeah. you definitely are going to sit there spinning, literally spinning your tires in mud and be like, yeah, what the fuck am I doing? What What is this? <laughs> um, Would you say that there's something that you're looking at for 30 hours, then hour 30, you're like, oh, that's what that's for. Is it that kind of game? No, I mean, I figured some things out. But but again, I did kind of know what to like expect. So like, if you came into this not knowing anything, maybe, <laughs> like maybe, uh, I mean, as far as like clearing the road and stuff, like that's not necessarily intuitive, you know. Yeah. You have to like literally drive up to the the blocked road, and then it's like here's a mission to clear it, and you might look at the map and see it's blocked and not put together that you can clear it. You know, so, um, but yeah, it's great. And I love it. And I think about playing it all the time, uh, right now, which is dumb because it feels like it's a waste of time, but I'm enjoying it. So it doesn't matter. Um, 
It's a great podcast game. Uh, if you're enjoying, if you're enjoying yeah. your time spent, it's not a waste exactly. of time. Exactly, I, I am a huge proponent of that for sure. Yeah. Um, two real quick things because we got to end this. Uh, next episode is going to be the game of the year one for right, us, probably. Right. So, um, I want to just mention very quickly this game. I randomly saw on Twitter the Penny Arcade people talking about it. Uh, Babel Royale is a Scrabble battle royale game yeah i looked it up and it's really cool and i love that it exists and i want to play more of it and it's only on steam right now but it's early access so it's free uh it's it's free early access that doesn't necessarily mean it's free but yeah it's very interesting very interesting and i'm horrible at scrabble is basically what it yeah i suck i i was like looking at it i played a lot of words with friends and i thought i would be pretty good at it and i'm i'm not so the first word they said is Sean, and I'm like, man, if we're gonna use names, I don't like that. Scrabble rules are bullshit. Um, like yeah. things like E E is a word, and that makes yeah. me really mad. So yeah, um, but me too. So there's a, there's a lot of it makes me give up on the game. There's a lot of really stupid shit like that. If we're gonna count that, I don't want to play. Yeah, yeah. But as a thing, very interesting. So gotcha. Um, then uh, so I started Resident Evil Eight. Yeah, what's your what's your first opening? I thoughts? I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely curious to keep going, because uh, I want to experience that castle. Like the fact that it's like medieval European shit is yeah, why cool, I want to play it? it. Yeah, that's that's why yeah. I want to play it. Um, I had already seen the opening. Like I watched people play through the opening, so like I, uh, you did. yeah, I only just got through the like I'm in the castle now. And I okay. hadn't seen anything like leading immediately leading up to the castle, so I'm excited to like explore the castle. Um, I I still don't like that it's in first person, yeah. but uh, I mean whatever you know I can't do anything about that. Um, I, it fucking amazing looking. Yeah, Holy cool. shit! Yeah. Holy shit! And on PC, like it's the first example that already. The RE engine is for, is for it's real. It's crazy, and I'm playing it on this. It's for I'm real. playing it on this new TV, so like you know, dark shit is really Can you dark. Play, do they have uh, they have the lighting in that one? Yeah. So um, I I was gonna say this is the first PC example where I can use HDR that totally makes a difference. Like because yeah. I have it hooked up to that TV. It it totally makes a difference because I had it turned off to just see what it looked like, and it it makes a huge difference um, yeah. with like the dark and light, like the lighting is crazy. I have ray tracing on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It looks fucking incredible. It's, it just totally blows my mind how good that engine looks. It's astounding. Um, so that's a huge benefit of it. Even yeah. if I don't like ultimately like it that much, like just experiencing yeah. that is really cool. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how crazy I'm going to go on collectibles and stuff. I mean, it has the map like the new remake and stuff where it's red and blue yeah, yeah. and stuff. So that's cool. That's nice that that's there. Um Ethan seems like an idiot. Uh, he always does. Yeah. He that character's the worst. Yeah, he's actually. he's a dumb cipher character, which again is a problem with it being in 
first person. <laughs> like that's it's like, he, like it's like a it's like a band aid to being in first person. He like doesn't react to everything that's happening. And it he, makes he no didn't sense. In Resident how he Evil reacts. Seven, yeah. He didn't. He didn't in Resident Evil Seven either. It was like jarring from the get go of that game. Like when his girlfriend's like cutting his hand off and stabbing him in the chest, and he's like, and he's like, What's I love you. I you? love you. What is going yeah, on? It's weird. Yeah. Um, but that game is sick. It's it's literally a carnival ride. So yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're you're playing through it. Yeah, yeah. It was finally pretty significantly reduced price wise towards the end of the year. So I was like, okay, it's time, and I wanted to touch it at least before game of the year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be pretty high on my list, I think. I'm gonna play it after this. Um I don't I don't know that I'll finish it, but yeah. Like before we do that. But uh Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh this is you know, we're hitting that point of this being a pretty long episode, so that's all I got. So I gotta keep playing games, man. Uh yeah. I got some big changes coming up in my life. <laughs> so Yeah. I'm kind of stressing, and we're doing some things to the house and stuff like that. So I'll play what I can, and yeah, let you guys know. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned at the top, check out our shop, support us however you can. If not, that's cool too. Uh, tell a friend, get at us with punishgame at gmail dot com. Social media with punishgame, and uh, happy holidays. And next episode is going to be our game of the year. And yeah, it'll be fun. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. All right. Peace.